Hey, Valley family, welcome to our brand new series. Kicking it off today, we're talking about the new normal. Man, I'm excited about this, and uh, I hope you're doing real well. You know, there's a, there's a lot of conversation right now as, uh, you know, some states in our country are beginning to open up again, and uh, maybe that's on the horizon. I hope it is sooner rather than later for New York. Uh, for sure. You know, a lot of conversation about, you know, what's the new normal going to be, or even I want to go back to normal. When are things going to get back to normal? Well, the, the reality is I'm not so sure things are ever going to go back to normal, and, and I guess I'd put it this way, even if we could, I, I don't know that we should go back to normal. Because here's the thing I, I believe that we're going to find in this series is I'm just really convinced that, that God wants to teach us how to live in a new normal. And, and the best days are ahead, and that doesn't mean going backward. It means moving forward. You, you know, the good old days weren't always that good. Uh, and tomorrow is probably not as bad as it actually seems right now. So the reality is, I think if we're really, really honest, just jumping right in the message here, I want to invite you to go ahead, open up your notes in your Valley app, and you'll be able to follow along. It'll save it there for you, and you'll be able to look back on this as we begin to explore and navigate the new normal. Uh, the reality is normal wasn't working as well as, and we really all know that, don't we? Normal really wasn't working so well. Uh, and and uh, I think it's important to be honest about it. Well, maybe let me do it this way. Uh, what, what I want to do is uh, give you a little true-false test here now. Uh, I used to love these back when I was in school because I knew I had a 50-50 chance of getting the answers right, you know, even if I was guessing because I wasn't that great of a student uh, until really kind of got in college. That's when I got my stuff together thanks to my then-girlfriend, now-wife, uh, Susie, who was an extremely fantastic uh, a student, and she really taught me how to study. But man, those true-false tests, I love those. I want to give you a true-false test uh, right now. So those of you, just play along at home. This is the, the new uh, game show that's just spreading across America called the true-false test. You ready for it? Uh, back to normal, true-false. Here we go. Do we really want to go back to normal? So here's the first question. True or false, before my before my my communication wasn't as regular with the people that I cared about the most. Just answer that and honestly, true or false? Are you communicating more now than you were before with those that you love the most? True or false? Here's the second one. Uh, before, I didn't spend as much time outside in the fresh air enjoying nature. True or false? True or false? I, I found myself during this time just, there, there's just some times when, when I come downstairs and, you know, I'll let the dogs out. Maybe they won't need to go outside and they come back in. And I'm just like, Susie, I'm going to be in the backyard. And I'll just, just stroll around my backyard, listen to the, the, the birds sing, you know, just, just checking out the, the contours of the grass. And, and uh, I never did that before, ever. I, if I was in the backyard, it's because I was doing something, not just kind of taking it all in, strolling around. So here, here's the next true-false question. True-false, before my work tended to be the dominant force in my life. Don't, don't cheat now. You know, answer honestly. Here's the next one. True-false, before I read my Bible, prayed, and engaged with my faith less than I do now. Uh-oh, now you're meddling, Greg. Answer it honestly, true or false. 
How about this next one? True or false? Before, when someone asked me how I was doing, and I said I was fine, and we all just moved on without really knowing how others were doing. You know, one of the things I appreciate about this time that we're in, it seems like people have just kind of let the mask down and just much more open and honest about what's going on and how they're actually doing. That there's more, could I put it this way? It seems like around the neighborhood there's more sincerity. There's more transparency. Even online. We see this a lot in things that we're doing online for the Valley family on, on Facebook Live and 8 and 8 and things like that for prayer and devos. How about this next one? Before, true or false, I rarely thought about how I could help people when I was under stress or change or pressure. Before, it was like when I'm under stress, pressure, I ain't thinking about helping you. No way. I'm going to help myself. I'm looking out for number one. But now it's like we're all in this together, and we know everybody's struggling, so yeah, I'm struggling, but let me help somebody else who may be even struggling more than me. True, false. Here's the last one. True, false. Before, I was more distracted, less connected to people I love the most, spent less time living out my faith. Too many days just passed by. And you want to go back? You, you, you want to you go back? Back there again? Back to normal? I, I, really, I really believe God wants to teach us something in the new normal. And, and really apply a lot of things that we're learning in, in the middle of this uh, pause, this, this stay home, lockdown, uh, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Maybe normal isn't what we really want to go back to after all. Maybe, maybe we're just glad to, to reconnect with family, even if it's through video calls. I, I know my, even with my siblings, we're, we're more connected now in the middle of this than, than we were before this happened. Everybody's so busy before. Maybe your marriage was about to tank, and uh, the extra time that you've had together, you've you kind of been forced to work some things out. You want to go back to the way things were? Maybe, for many of us, maybe God is actually restoring our faith right in the middle of all this madness and mess. Do you want to go back? I want to embrace the new normal. Because the good old days weren't always as good. And tomorrow's not as bad as it seems. Maybe God's restoring your faith. I, I love that word, and I think, I think that's an important word for the new normal, restoration. Restoration. Restoration is such a good word. It's, it's, it's much better than the word going back to normal. It's about bringing the best of what was back there, but bringing it into today. Going back to normal would be really a regression in some ways. It's kind of like a toddler that's potty trained but uh, still messes up his pants. Nobody wants that anymore. We don't want to go back there again. We, we want to embrace the, the new normal of big boy pants. You know what I'm saying? 
restoration. Restoration is about moving forward towards a beautiful place where it all started. And when it all started, when God created it, and you see that in Genesis in the garden, it was really, really good towards God's good for all of creation and all of humanity. That's what we're moving forward to in the new normal. Restoration is really what God's been up to all along in your life and in my life. That that from the moment we acknowledge His presence, He begins to restore to us what our enemy has stolen from us. Our purpose his plan, we begin to understand why we're even on this planet. That's how God restores to us. I love that word restoration. And I believe that's a lot of what God's doing in this new normal. Not, not, not back there, but right here in front of us. Right now. See, restoration requires moving towards God's best, not back to our normal. If you and I are going to experience everything that God has for us, everything he's prepared us for and equipped us for, if we're going to fulfill our purpose, well, you know what? That requires moving towards God's best, not good, God's best, not back, not back to normal. I love this. At the very end of the Bible, In the book of Revelation, one of the last things that that Jesus says there in the book of Revelation, and I think it's a real kind of great framework for this whole series that we're in right now called New Normal. Look at what Jesus says, Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. It says, and the one sitting on the throne, that's Jesus, by the way, when you read the book, you understand that. Look, I am making everything new. It's a new normal. That, that's, that's what, that was 2,000 years ago. Jesus, John saw Jesus. Jesus said, I'm making everything new. I, I'm, I'm, re, I'm, I'm making a new normal. I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you, and this is so important, is trustworthy and true. You can trust me, Jesus is saying. I'm making a new normal. I am restoring, redeeming, recreating everything. I'm making everything new. All things good. That kind of good is the kind of good that only God can really do in in my life, in your life, and really in this world. And the only way that he does that, it's no secret plan, it's the way he's always done it, it, it's through Jesus. Because of what Jesus did for you and for me through his sinless life, and his sacrificial death on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead three days later. That's why Jesus can say, I'm making everything new. I'm I'm redoing it. I'm restoring it. I'm renewing it. Do you really want to go back to normal? I I don't want to go back to normal. When are we going to get back to normal? I I don't want to go back there again. I want to embrace everything new that Jesus is doing right here in May of 2020. He's doing new things. He's making everything new. So let me ask this question. I can understand if, if you want to go back to normal, if before all this was happening, you were living the best life that God had created you for. 
that you didn't have any problems, you didn't have any struggles, that you were just walking continually in the presence of God. You never blew it with your spouse. You never, you, you know, snapped off at your kids or anything like that. You, you never lost your cool. You, you know, you always just, everything was just, you, you were just flowing in the Holy Ghost and in God's peace all the time. Were you? Really? Probably not. I know I wasn't. I, I don't want to go back there. When God's got something for me right here, right now, in the new normal. And I, I believe, Valley family, I, I believe you don't want to go back there either. But just like me, you want to embrace this new normal right where God has placed us. Jesus said that he is the one that's making all things new. You know what that means? That means the pressure's off you and me. That means all we need to do is cooperate with what it is that he wants to do because he is making everything. See, it says I. Now, that's Jesus saying that. That's not Greg saying that. That's not some other pastor saying that. That's not some, some government official saying and making everything new. Jesus said that. So the pressure is off of me. The pressure is off of you. What we need to do is just cooperate with what it is that Jesus wants to do. As he said, I'm making everything new. Another verse I think is just so important during this time of the new normal is found in Hebrews chapter 12. I think it talks about really this kind of decision that you and I need to make, even at the beginning of this series, kind of in this introductory message today. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you know, people that have gone before us in faith, uh, that, that are now in the presence of Jesus, they're watching us. They're a great cloud of witnesses. It's like they're in the grand, uh, you know, in the stands up there in the grandstands, and, and, and we're on the field, and they're like, come on, run the plays, run the plays, score the touchdowns. Do what it is that Jesus instructs you to do. Look at the playbook, execute the plays. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, I love this, it's kind of an analogy of a runner, throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles let me just read the whole verse and then I'll unpack it for you. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Now, don't miss this now. It says, since we're surrounded, since, since we've got witnesses, Abraham's up there, oh, Moses is up there, oh, look, there's Paul, you know, there's, there's the Apostle John, you know, there's, there's Phoebe, and there's Priscilla and Aquila, you know, all these great witnesses that we're surrounded by, and, and it's, we're the generation now. We're, we're the ones on the planet, and they're watching us, and they're cheering us on. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders us, and the sin that so easily... And I love this, entangles us. You know what's happened during this shutdown? A lot of things that have entangled you and me have been taken from us. You know what entanglements are? Entanglements are distractions. They're not necessarily, watch this now. I'm, I don't think when it says the sin that so easily entangles, I don't think he's talking about adultery and murder only there. You know, those are like the big bads. We like to think of them that way. I, I think he's talking about really, really good stuff that keeps us from God's stuff. Really, really good stuff that keeps you and me from the best that God has for us. Like strong, Christ-centered relationships. 
that we were so busy we didn't have time to cultivate. Strong, strong marriages that were healthy and husband and wife laying their life down for one another. Strong families where dad's actually in the middle of what's happening in the house. Not just distant and shows up at the end of the evening. I, I think there's a lot of things that are good, but sometimes good entangles us and hinders us from running the race with perseverance, living the full life that God intends for you and God intends for me. There, there's something about this lockdown that, boy, it just seems like things have just gotten a little simpler, haven't they? Oh, they, they weren't simple week one or week two, but now we're kind of like, we're in a little, we got a little vibe going now. Kind of like know what to expect. Okay, this is the way it is. And we've, we've made adjustments. I didn't say it was easy, but it's amazing how flexible and resilient we actually are. We've made adjustments. And as a result of that, it's gotten better. Life's just a little bit simpler now. We're all running, but, but I guess uh, the question is, are we, are we running back? Are we going to run back? to the things that hindered us and entangled us? Is, is that what we want to go back to? Back to that kind of normal? Or are we uh, persevering and fixing our eyes on Jesus and leaving all that stuff behind? See, because, you know, like I said, uh, soon, I hope sooner rather than later, New York's going to start opening up. Have we learned anything? Have we... Have we allowed our, the roots of our faith to go down deeper in the middle of this difficulty and struggle? Is our relationship with Jesus stronger when we walk out on the other side? I, I'm just convinced that Jesus wants to do some new things. Could I put it this way to even help us? If we'll free ourselves up, not get entangled again by all kinds of stuff to take our time, take our attention away from God's best and, and that we'll keep running the pace that Jesus has set for us and run that race that he's marked out for you and for me. Let me ask you this question. What, what's changed in your life that you don't want to go back to? What is it that, and I hope you just take time to just kind of evaluate What's changed in the last couple of months? You're like, I, nah, I don't want to go back to that. Nah, I don't want to get back involved with that. I, I think it's really important to kind of pause and, and just evaluate what's really going on. The, the best way to leave it behind is to place your attention, those things that you don't want to be involved in anymore, place your attention, place your thoughts, place your worries Place your stresses and place your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. You can go through 
really by just evaluating decisions and, and where you are right now and, and make the right decisions, not necessarily the easy decisions, but right decisions, to not get entangled again, but to keep our eyes on Jesus, focus on him, and keep running the race he's made for us. See, here's the truth. You ready for it? Normal wasn't easy. It was just familiar. <laughs> Normal wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, y'all. That was not easy. It was just what we were familiar with. And so we're like, we want to go back to normal. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I remember like when I was in sixth grade, I, I remember like the big jump because it used to be, you know, K through sixth grade in elementary and then seventh, uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth actually in the junior high. Then high school was 10, 11, and 12. And, uh, I remember, like, when I was a sixth grader, you know, it just is so normal. I, I'd been in the whole sc- one school the whole time, and uh, right over here, actually, in, in Hopewell. And, uh, and then it was time to go to junior high. And I remember being, like, so worried because it was the first time I had a locker. And I was so scared, like, I'm going to forget my combination. Oh, no. And, and it was just like, I just wanted everything. I just want to stay in elementary school. Because, oh my goodness, what if I can't get to my books? I can't remember my, I can't get my lock open, and then I'm going to be late for class, and then I'm going to get in trouble, and then I'm going to be sent to the principal. And it was just, I just wanted normal grammar school. And, and then you're, you're in junior high, and then you fast forward, and you're a senior in high school, and you're like, I had like a locker in front of every classroom, every period. I never carried a book. Uh, you know, I just, I had, I had literally had, I think, six different lockers throughout the high school over there at John Jay, borrowing from friends and stuff like that. You know, Joe Cool, all that. And then you start thinking about, what about college? Oh, no. I just want to stay in high school. And, and it's not that high school was great. It's not that high school was wonderful. It's just, it was familiar. And then you go through college and you're about ready to graduate and you're sending out job applications and you're putting together your resume and there's something like, well, maybe I just ought to go to grad school and be an eternal student because normal's not easy, it's just familiar. I think many of us, like, we're we're just experiencing something different together. And, And it's like we're wanting to go back to grammar school And God's saying, you're in junior high now. Come on. I was with you then. I'll be with you now. Even though it's not familiar, I'm with you. Normal wasn't really easy. It was just familiar. And the reality is, I think we got to be honest about it. The reality is all of us are really grieving right now. We're grieving the loss of normal, what was familiar. It wasn't, it wasn't always easy, but it was just familiar. And, and grief is hard. And grief doesn't go away by, you know, just, just buttering it up with all kinds of fancy ideas and Christian cliches. That doesn't make grief go away. If you want to go forward... If we want to go forward into the new normal, I think it's really important that, first of all, we just stop and we grieve the loss of what was. That's hard, but it's also good. But Because here's, here's the key. Ready for it? Grief is the beginning of growth. 
Grief is really the beginning of growth. I mean, if, if, if I never took that step of learning how to open a combination lock in seventh grade, I'd be 52 years old in sixth grade still. That's not normal, y'all. Going back. We've, we've got to grieve. We've got to recognize there's a, there's a rite of passage. Man, I just remember this. Is our, our, Sophie, uh, I'm sorry, Susie and I, our, our youngest daughter, Sophie, she would have been graduating this weekend. Our, our plan was we would be on vacation down at her graduation. They were taking a couple of weeks down at Hilton Head. And then my niece uh, was going to get married, a huge family event down in Georgia. All of that got canceled. My niece got married two weeks ago. Her and her, her husband now, named Tanner, Hannah and Tanner, and, and there were eight other people there. That's all they could do, ten people. And, and quiet ceremony. My daughter Sophia is home now. No graduation. And... and and we just have to grieve a little bit but because those were the plans that we had. And I think it's important, but there's no growth if we don't allow ourselves to grieve. Grief is the beginning of growth. We have to allow ourselves that space to do that. And actually, Susie and I talked about this a good bit in our uh, lunchtime lift this past Wednesday uh, on Facebook Live. It's still on our, our Valley Facebook page. You can check that out. We even talked about the five stages of grief, why it's so important that we recognize those and really uh, give ourselves time and understanding to those that are also around us that are grieving as well. We've got to admit that, that we're grieving a loss. We've got to talk to God about it. We, we've got to think it through for ourselves. We need to talk to other people as well, process that, really, really important. Sadly, too many of us have we've lost loved ones we haven't been able to grieve at a funeral, as is normally would be the case. I hadn't been able to say goodbye. Some of us have lost income, lost our jobs, lost our dreams of wearing a cap and gown and walking across the stage and having that diploma put in our hands. A moment that we dreamed of that's just not going to happen. Grief is the beginning of growth in the new normal. All of us have lost routines. We've lost norms. We've lost the way we lived. But I, I want to share with you now, real quickly, five suggestions in this new normal. It starts with grief. That's the beginning of the growth. But we don't stay there. And, and I want to share with you ideas for leaving normal behind and moving ahead instead into the new normal. You ready? Here, here, first of all, account for what you want restored and what you want ignored. I think we need to make an account, evaluate, what is it that we want restored? What is it we want to bring into this new normal? What's some stuff we just want to leave that behind? I, I like to call it this way. Account for what you want restored or ignored. When it comes to ignoring, there's some stuff we need to leave behind. I, I, I like to put it this way. We need to die in the right direction. 
Die moving forward. You know, die to some stuff. I don't want that. That's dead to me now. Oh, that's dead to me. No, no, not, not going there no more. That's dead to me. Not wasting my time in that. No, that's dead to me. We need to die in the right direction. Uh, account for what you want, restored or ignored. And, and there, there's biblical precedent for this, a lot of it. Uh, one place I love the most in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul writes, and, and he just finishes telling the Christians at Philippi there all his religious pedigree and Judaism. I, I mean, he was a, a you know, teacher of the law, Pharisee of the Pharisees, you know, all of this. Everybody just admired him, all of this. He was like the top. You know, he was just so respected. But listen to what he says here. I once thought these things were valuable, all the accolades, all the, all the degrees, all that stuff. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage refuse so that I could gain Christ you know I, I think for for some of us we're, we're coming out we're, we're we're starting to embrace there's a new normal that, that is about to ascend upon us and, and you know what we've learned some things our relationship with Jesus is stronger today we would never have voluntarily walked into this we would have never you know signed up for this but but in the middle of this difficulty we know Jesus more today than we did in February. And we don't want to go back there again. This hasn't been easy. This hasn't been fun. But everything back there was worthless compared to the way we know Jesus today. In the middle of all this difficulty. So, Account for what you want restored. Just, just make an account. And also account for what you want ignored. Not going back there. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die in the right direction. Here's the second idea for leaving normal behind and ex embracing a new normal. Accept God's grace for failure and struggle. You know, God, there's a special grace that God extends in the middle of difficulty in the middle of struggle. And Christians are not immune to difficulty. Not, we're not immune to struggle because we're people of faith that put our faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, the, the five-star Christian of all Christians, the Apostle Paul, he had some serious struggles in his life. Oh, he, he referred to it actually as the thorn in his flesh. And scholars are kind of divided on what this was. Some think it was maybe even a physical uh, challenge that he had physically. Some believe that maybe it was a group of people that, that actually were called the Judaizers that would come in and like harass the church after he left and put them under all kinds of legalism and bondage. Scholars are really kind of you know, split about what this thorn in the flesh is. He never says, but he does say that he prayed over and over and over again that the thorn in the flesh, that God would deliver him from it. 
And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, each time God answered him back, when he said, God, please take this difficulty from me. Please, God, get me out of here. This is too hard. I can't deal with this. I'm struggling, God. I can't take this anymore. And God would answer, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses, Paul says, so that the power of Christ can work through me. Some scholars believe the thorn in the flesh might have been Paul's eyesight, that he had really, really bad eyesight. Because it's very interesting, of the letters that he authored, he didn't write any of them. He dictated them to other people. In fact, one of the epistles in the New Testament, he actually says, see, I signed this with my own hand because he didn't write any of it. He actually dictated it to other people. Some scholars believe because his eyesight was so bad. Can you imagine God's mighty man of faith and power for the hour and someone's having to lead him in to the church service because he can't even see. And he's feeling around. And then he steadies himself and almost blind he starts to preach. My grace is all you need. Jesus said to him, my power works best in weakness. Some of us, we, we don't, man, we would never choose this weakness we've been in, this struggle we found ourselves in. But you know what we've discovered? God's grace is all I need. Some translations put it this way, God's grace is sufficient. It's all I need. You got God's grace for us to struggle, even, even to fail. We've got all that we need. Here's the second idea for leaving normal behind and moving ahead instead. Ask God to grow your empathy. There's a big difference between empathy and sympathy. You know what sympathy is? Sympathy is, I feel bad that you feel, that you, something bad's happening to you. That's, that's sympathy. I sympathize. It's like, I, I, I'm, man, I'm really troubled that you're feeling that way, that you're going through it. But empathy is different. Empathy means I've gone through what you're going through. I know what that feels like. I've been there before. I can relate. I don't have to imagine. I experienced it. Ask God to grow your empathy, and he will. He'll do it. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. The Father of compassion. Boy, I love that title of God. He's the Father of compassion. He's not the Father of judgment. He's not the Father of condemnation. He's not the Father of rules and regulations. He's not the Father of mean, nasty Christians. He's the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Look, who comforts us in our trouble. That's what he wants to do for you. That's what he wants to do for me. Many of us, we've been experiencing that during this time. So that, don't miss this, we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Empathy. Empathy. I, I, I think there's just this, this overall just more empathy that, that, that we see all around us today because of the difficulty, the struggle that so many are going through because we're going through it ourselves. And so there's much more empathy. There's much more 
tenderness. I'm not talking about, you know, Twitter. <laughs> Don't, there's no empathy on Twitter. I, I'm talking about just person to person. More empathy. Ask God to grow your empathy. Let God in on even your deepest fears and, and the doubts that you're experiencing right now. And you know what? He'll comfort you. He'll bring you peace. And that's not just for you. That's so you can extend that to someone else, that comfort that you've received as well. Here's the fourth one. Acknowledge if you're in trouble, God's nearby. God's nearby. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. That means he's always there. When, when, when there is trouble, he is closer to you than the breath in your lungs. Ever-present help in trouble. Whether it's your health, whether it's your family, whether it's your finances, whether it's your friends, God is present to help in times of trouble. Present means near, but it also, don't miss this, ever present means near, but it also means now. He's with you now. Man, I, I'll tell you, during this, this time that we've had shut down, stay home, lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, that there have been some times in my home I have just felt God's presence. I, I've been out in the garage and, and I'd have thought I was in a church service. When, when I'm just out in the garage doing my thing, and man, it was like God's presence. You could just cut it with a knife. Because I was struggling. I, I'm struggling with God. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to lead this church? God, God what, what am I supposed to say? And he's ever present. And a help in times of trouble. Man, we need to acknowledge that. He's the one that's getting us through. It's him. It's not science. It's not government. It's not anybody. It's God that's getting us through. And here's the last one. Affirm that trust is a vital part of the process. Affirm trust is vital to your progress. Trusting in God. M many of you know this verse. I think it's, it's important to look at it right now. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do you trust Him? And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do you trust Him? Trust Him. If, if you add trust in God and, and, and others to the mix, trusting in others as well, you, you can't help but grow when you trust God. I can't help but grow when I trust God. I, I love what uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel put it this way. You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Man, that, isn't that the truth? We can have control or we can have growth, but you can't have both. And, and for many of us, during this time, our hands have been pried off controlling things. Pried off the wheel. And we're like, Jesus, take the wheel. Take the wheel. And so let me end with this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. It says, And the God of all grace, he just wants to give you grace in the middle of this, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, 
after you've suffered a little while, and this is 2,000 years ago, Christians were, were suffering, and, and right now we're going through some stuff as well. After you've suffered a little while, will himself, look at this, I love this, there it is, restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. What does that mean? Like a rock, unmovable. And it's all because you allowed him into the equation. <laughs> you embraced the new normal. And you allowed him to restore, to make all things new. Make all things new in your life. Instead of hanging on, instead of saying, I want to go back, looking at it, you know, like it was all perfect back there, it was far from it. No, Lord, I embrace the new normal right where I am right now. And God, I just want everything that you have for me, and I don't want anything that is not your will for me. Not any of it. All the stuff that's not your will, I just count it as garbage, as rubbish, compared to how I know you now and how I experience your presence with me now. He didn't write that everything was going to go back to normal here in 1 Peter chapter 5. He, he didn't say that you suffer a little while and then everything just, just reverts back to the way that it was. He said suffering is part of the way that God calls us forward into the new normal. He himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. I, I think that's a good enough reason right there. <laughs> To hope that even in the middle of this struggle, God's, he didn't send it, but you know what? God's using it. God's using it. Even in the middle of this struggle, this COVID-19, God's using this. He can bring good out of it. God himself can make up for anything that's been lost and bring good out of it. Because God himself wants to restore you and wants to restore me. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this new normal that we sense is beginning to settle in. Lord, a new normal that's uncharted waters for us, but Lord, we trust in you. We lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we're going to acknowledge you and we're going to trust you to direct our path in this new normal. Father, help us, Lord, to evaluate what, what needs to be restored in our life and what needs to be ignored, left in the dust behind us, not to go back to again. But Lord, to embrace this present moment that you have for us. Thank you, Lord, that you're good and that you can take even the difficulties of life and the challenges, even the heartbreak and the grief and the pain. And Father, you can bring about good and your purpose even in times that we don't understand. We trust you, God. Help us to live in this new normal as you, by your Holy Spirit, navigate our lives through it. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you've never prayed before, 
just to invite Jesus into your life, to, to really surrender your life to him, that he would be the navigator, he would be your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right now where you are, if it's in your living room or in a break room or in your bedroom or maybe in a car, I I just want to lead you in a prayer. And I invite you right now as you're listening, just open your heart up to Jesus. Invite him into your life to be the center of your life. And watch him as he begins to restore, rebuild, renew, and refresh your life. Just repeat this prayer after me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior and Lord. Jesus, I ask you to direct me Guide me, lead me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen. Amen.